0: Amen. Yeah, it's, it's working. I was worried about this apparatus, you know, they, um, it's all set for a much smaller person, you know. So <laughs> I was worried if it's going to fit me properly. But um, yeah, uh, to start out with a disclaimer, um, you know, the, the message that I was asked to preach on is uh, what is so amazing about Scripture. And uh, leading up to this, I felt quite convicted don't know about you guys, but uh, I I realized, like, yes, I don't actually spend as much time in Scripture as I'd like, and uh, now I've got to speak about, like, what's so amazing about Scripture. I was like, sure, okay. Um, so I'm just saying I'm probably in the same boat that you might have been, um, and it's been amazing, though, feeling prompted to spend more time in Scripture because I've got to preach on it. <laughs> How? When you get into Scripture, it's like how you come alive. Like it's, it's almost like breathes fresh life into a spirit man, um, and it's almost like you realise you weren't properly eating properly. I don't know if you know, if, that, if that if you can identify with that feeling, um, but I certainly in the last couple of weeks um, have felt that way, um, and uh, yeah, it just it's an interesting topic. You know what what is so amazing about Scripture? There's so many things to say Um, and I've got got to obviously think about how to keep it concise Um, I could keep you guys here all night if we had to try and cover all the topics Um, but I'm just going to focus in on one or two things for instance you know apologetics I'm sure you guys have heard of apologetics but um, all the different ins and outs of how authentic is scripture and what are all the manuscripts and things um, if that interests you, I would like you to encourage you guys to speak to a Dave Pedersen or you know one of the one of the guys gavin um, there 's a treasure trove of evidence behind the authenticity of scripture i 'm um, not going to focus on that tonight, but you know the hundreds i think even thousands of original manuscripts that there are and how they are so closely um, representative of each other. There's like no error between them etc. Um, it'll really stir your faith um, to explore that but I'm not going to go through that tonight um, but I just thought I'd put it out that If that's something that makes you stick with scripture, if it's something that you've got an issue with, um, explore it. There are answers and there's evidence to support the authenticity of scripture. I um, thought I'd just say that um, and as far as just the popularity of of the Bible goes, I don't know if you guys were aware, but um, in that, that version app that all of us have downloaded, um, it's been downloaded 200 million times. Um, that was quite an eye-opener for me. Um, if you had to compare the Bible to just other books worldwide, they don't even list it in the bestseller list, because it's like double, triple, anything that, that, there, that there is every week. It would be the best seller week in, week out, I think for the last 100, 200 years. So um, it's very well known worldwide. Interesting, a little quote from um, uh, the late Queen Elizabeth when she was coronated. Um, I, quite, oh, I quite like this, where they said, We present you with this book the most valuable thing that this world affords. Um, to the Queen Elizabeth when she was coronated. And yeah, I thought it would be interesting just to kind of, um, there are two main points that I'm going to hone in on. Um, what is so amazing about Scripture. I'll get to them now, but I thought it would be interesting to visit kind of what some of our, our faith forefathers, if you, if you like, have said about what they think about the Word. And mm-hmm. To start with um, David, I mean, he, he goes, I mean, if you go in the Psalms and read about what David said about the Word, I can have a list here of like 100 Scriptures. But I'm just going to uh, use here from Psalm 119, uh, starting in verse 50. Um, I just love the way David speaks about God's word um, here in verse Psalm 119, not Psalm 50, Psalm 119, verse 50. Let's get there. Uh, it is highlighted. so I said there we go. Uh, um, this is my comfort in my affliction, for your word has given me life. If we go further in the same chapter to verse 105, Your word is a lamp to my feet, and a light to my path. I love that that analogy. I don't know how 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 often you've often felt in life just feeling like you're walking around in darkness, and then you you find truth in the word, and it's like it's light, you know. Um, Yeah. And then further in verse 160, um, and I think uh, uh, sorry, verse verse uh, 161, Allah, verse 161. Princes persecute me without a cause, but my heart stands in awe of your word. I rejoice at your word as one who finds great treasure. Um, Yeah, I love that. Moving on perhaps to Paul. Uh, Paul had some quite uh, profound things to say about the word. In verse um, uh, 2 Timothy 3 verse 16. I think this is a very well-used Scripture, well-quoted Scripture with regards to this topic. Um, Turning there. here we go. All Scripture is given by inspiration of God. Some versions say all Scripture is God-breathed and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. Um, Reading further, that the man of the God May be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. Do you guys believe that? That scripture is, all scripture is God breathed. I love the way Nikki Gumbel describes it. He says, "Scripture, you know, um, claims to be God inspired. It proves to be God inspired, and uh, and it uh, sorry claims to be. It seems to be, and it proves to be God inspired." Um, reading further um, in Hebrews four. Um, So I'm just rifling through some scriptures here. I'm just talking about the word um, just as an introduction. Hebrews 4 verse 12. For the word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit and of joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Uh, i don't know how often you've experienced that where you're reading the word and all of a sudden ah, there's like a mm, I, I need to change something yeah you know? Um god can so often speak to you through reading um through reading the word and bring conviction or bring a bring a change or bring an encouragement um, and love how it describes it there for the word of god is living and powerful some say living and active um yeah for many years when i was growing up i used to think of this as quite sort of dead and boring. But it's amazing how when you apply faith and you start reading and getting into it, how it really does come alive. Um, Jeremiah 15 verse 16. uh, Sharing a number of examples with you guys of um, how, how the word is described. Your words were found and I ate them. And your word was to me joy and rejoicing of my heart. Of that. And Jesus himself, Jesus himself um, said it most profoundly, I think, in John 8. In John 8, he, he references um, his word and he says in verse 31 to 32. Then Jesus said to those Jews who believed him, If you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Um, just a hint that's where my second point is headed. Um, but I think that's quite profound that um, that's that statement of if you abide in the word, you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. know what does that mean? Um, the truth we've all heard that saying before, the truth will set you free, but why why will the truth set you free? And uh, I'll get you that, I'll get to that a bit later. And um, just to uh, hone in on the first point, um, of why I think um, uh, scripture is so amazing is that it's God's love letter to us. Uh, Nikki Gumbel describes it as God's love letter to us. And if you, if you read through scripture, um, you will see it throughout scripture how God is speaking to you and speak, encouraging you in his love, in his stance towards you, um, who you are to him, etc. Um, yeah, I, I, think it's, I think it's very difficult to remain unencouraged if that's a word, um, <laughs> spending time in the Word. And uh, it's, it's interesting. I, I, I th- I, there are very few experiences I have of spending time in the Word where God has not spoken to me. Um, and in Re- Romans 10 verse 17, it talks about uh, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. And so often I find that if I'm struggling to hear God, I just need to spend time in the Word, and He'll speak to me. Um, my encouragement to you, if you feel like you have struggled to be to hear God of late, have you been spending time in the Word? Um, and I, I encourage you to, to do so. Um, and sometimes God will speak to you through the Word, even prophetically. I, I, I'd like to share with you a little story. Um, in my In my darkest hour, Uh, A couple of years ago, I was in a crisis of faith, and I was even questioning my own salvation, which is, as you can imagine, that's a very dark place to be, and um, literally was driving home in tears, wondering if I was even um, saved. That's quite a profound question to to be asking of yourself. And I felt God saying to me, as I was driving, I could hardly see to, to, to drive. I felt him saying, Go read Isaiah 43. And this is many years ago. And I got back back home and I opened my Bible. And I'll never forget it. You can imagine being in a place of just questioning God, like, am I even hearing you right? Am I even your child, you know? Um, In Isaiah 43 verse 1, it says, fear not. I was fearing. (laughs) It says, fear not, for I've redeemed you. I've called you by your name. You are mine. Though you walk through the waters, I will be with you, and they will not overcome you. Though you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. For I am the Lord your God, of Holy One of Israel, your Savior. And yes, you can imagine if I was crying in the car, <laughs> the taps really opened there. And, but I mean, there's so many examples I have of where where God has spoken to me through the word. And, um, and it somehow gives it... Uh, like a foundation, almost. Sometimes when you hear God, sort of abstractly, or as you're praying, you hear God. You know, it's so so much easier to question it. Whereas when God speaks to you through the Word, it's like it's solid. I don't know. There's there's something like of substance when when um, when God speaks to you through it. Uh, um, just to encourage you with that. But the second point that I want to really hop uh, on is the truth. The truth will set you free. What I was uh, going on about earlier, and explain a little bit of what that means. And the, the point I want to make is we live in a world where there's a clash of kingdoms, where God's kingdom is trying to break in, but we also live, there's the kingdom of darkness, and we have the father of lies that roams around. I think it's in, um, in 1 Peter, it talks about he's like a roaring lion prowling around, seeking him to devour. And the father of lies, I think that's, his, that's essentially his biggest weapon, The enemy is to lie to us deception and there's so many times i think if you had to ask of yourself wherever you've lost the path it's because you've lost sight of the truth if you had to look at whatever sin you've stumbled in you've lost sight of god's goodness or um if you had to look about just just about any place where you've stumbled it's from losing sight of god's truth at the root of it, I would, I would argue. <laughs> um, looking, I just wanted to visit quickly Romans 4, verse 19 and 20. We don't have to go there uh, on the screen, but looking at um, at uh, Abraham. Romans 4, verse 19 and 20. just wanted to read it quickly. Um, and you know the, the story about um, Abraham when he, he was promised by God that he was going to have a, a, a son. But he was 100 years old, and his wife at the time was, was about 90 and far gone the age um, of childbearing. And here in verse 19, And not being weak in faith, he did not consider his own body already dead since he was about 100 years old, and the deadness of Sarah's womb. He did not waver at the promise of God through unbelief. But was strengthened in faith, giving glory to God. And being fully convinced of what he had promised, he was also able to perform. And therefore, it was accredited to him as righteous, etc. But he was convinced of the promise of God. And my question to you is are you aware of the promises of God to you? Are you aware of what God has promised to you? Because in the Word, it is full of promises that are directly. Uh, relevant to you, and are you aware of them, are you, or have you lost sight of the promises of God? Because if you are clear on what God has promised, you'll have you have the strength to to endure. Um, and even just reading further in Second uh, Peter one verse three to four on the same theme of promises, um, it's quite profound actually what it says here. Second um, Peter one. Uh, verse three, uh, verse three, as His design, divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness, through the knowledge of Him who has called us by glory and virtue, by which have been given to us exceedingly great and precious promises, that through these you may be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. I think that's incredibly profound. That through these great and precious promises, you have been enabled to be partakers of the divine nature. It's quite a mind blow, that one. <laughs> but um, it, it's truth. And quite often, if you look at the def- definition of faith, faith is the conviction of things unseen. The substance of things hoped for. Quite often, the truth, right now, you can't see it. But when you apply faith, it's amazing how things that are unseen can come to life. You might be discouraged. You might be um, struggling to overcome a temptation of some sort. And the enemy might be lying to you and saying, You will never overcome that temptation. That will be your weakness for life. And then you read in the Word, and it says, I am no longer a slave to sin. I am a new creation, the old is gone, the new has come. And all of a sudden the truth comes in and brings life and you're set free. Um, Very often the enemy loves to throw in your face either a lie or an an experience which is contrary to the truth in the word. And it will discourage you. Um, Thinking about like, I don't know how often you guys have felt, oh God doesn't love me or God doesn't care about me. Yes, I Every time I read this, uh, Romans 5 verse 8, I was reading it again today and it's like, but God demonstrates his love to us, that while we were still sinners, he died for us. Even further in, in Romans 8, but I'm convinced that, oh, let me just read it quickly, just in case you think I'm paraphrasing too much. Uh, Romans 8, 8. Um, Verse 28. To, sorry, Allah. Um 37. I'm thinking of um, another script. 37. It's in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. You read truth like this, and all of a sudden you're like, whoa, that's actually a lie. God does love me. And faith comes to life, and um, and you can be set free of that lie. Maybe you believe that you're jobless at the moment, and God's never going come to through, come through for you, or you've got financial struggles or whatever, and you feel like God's not going to provide for you. But then you read in Matthew 6. I'm not going to go there, but in verse 33, it talks about um, – well, in that passage, it talks about um, – Do not worry. Look at the birds of the field. They neither gather nor reap nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of much more value than they? And you read that and you think, sure, you know, God actually, surely He does care about me. And um, there's so many scriptures that would confirm the truth about how God feels about you. And I mean, I've just listed a few examples there, but um, I think so often. We get discouraged when you don't spend time in the Word. And and you're in the world where there's all sorts of nonsense going on, all sorts of discouragement going on, and your faith can get watered down, and you can get discouraged by either the lies of the enemy or experience that's that's contrary to what, what the truth is in the Word, and we can lose faith. But my encouragement to you is if you spend time in the Word, you'll know the truth. And the truth will set you free. Because our faith is not based on experience or whatever. Our faith is based on the truth of what God God has spoken. So that's basically all I wanted to share. Um, and I've got just two encouragements uh, for you. If you feel like you haven't heard God in a while, I would want to challenge you even tonight or tomorrow morning. Go spend some time just obviously pray, tr- trust that God will speak to you in faith and, and just spend some time in the word and you'll be surprised at how, how God would speak to you. Um, but then also if you are feeling stuck, if you're feeling stuck in a temptation, you're feeling stuck with regards to just believing that God loves you or whatever, um, I think there's an opportunity even uh, while we worship afterwards uh, just to come to the front and, and somebody can come pray for you. Um, yeah. Cool.
1: Thank you, Dave. And uh, we're gonna go in from there, and um, and spend some time. It's Palm Sunday, if you didn't actually know. And uh, the whole story behind Palm Sunday is, is, as we know, Jesus was riding in on a donkey, and people laid the palms down as a sign of worship to him, and crying out, Hosanna, Hosanna. Then three days later, they killed him, you know, and he went to the cross. And so we want to take some time to to think about the full picture of Jesus, him riding on the donkey as a servant, worshiping him as Lord and King, and the sacrifice that he made, the sacrifice he made for each one of us. Um, And so we've got some bread, we've got some grape juice, and uh, In a moment, I'm going to disperse you guys just to go and you can grab something, uh, some, a cup, some bread, and get into groups of three, four. Try find someone that you don't know as part of fellowship, just inviting someone in and sit around and pray and think about what the Lord has been saying to you, remembering this time. I think sometimes we can get so into the program of communion and what Jesus did, but what the, the sacrifice that he made for each one of us to set us free, to give us life, is something profound, something we'll never grasp fully. But it, we, we're not supposed to necessarily grasp. We're supposed to seek him in that, look to him in that. Um, so let's pray, and then we can disperse. Father, thank you. Thank you for everything that we are preparing and looking at ourselves as, as, a, as Palm Sunday today, looking at the king riding on a donkey into Jerusalem and, and and palms just lay down in surrendering in the sign of the king coming. And so I just pray for an expectation in our hearts right now, Holy Spirit. Not an expectation that we can muster up in ourselves, but Lord, a divine expectation that comes from knowing the king, from seeing this is the king, and that can only come from the spirit can come from you. So we pray, Holy Spirit, right now, will you touch us? Will you fill us with an expectation of what you have done? What you did as you you came onto the cross is a sign of freedom. Not in us, but in you, Jesus. That while we were still sinners, Christ died because God loved us so much. So as we partake right now, Jesus, let us have a a divine encounter with you a reminder of who you are, Jesus, and what you've done for each and every one of us. In Jesus' name, amen. So help yourself, some bread, some grape juice, gather in groups, and we will wrap it up in a few minutes.